1: Good afternoon. In for Rebecca Corral, I'm Margie Schaefer. Here's what's happening. Testimony is about to resume for the third day of hearings on the impeachment case against President Trump. KCBS political reporter Doug Sovereign has been monitoring today's proceedings and he joins us once again with the latest. Doug.
2: Well, Margie, this morning the House Intelligence Committee heard from two White House officials with firsthand knowledge of that controversial July call between President Trump and Ukrainian President Zelensky. They are non political career officials, both still working at the White House under the very commander-in-chief they were subpoenaed to testify against. Jennifer Williams, an aide to Vice President Pence, said she was concerned after listening in on the call and hearing President Trump ask Zelensky to investigate Joe and Hunter Biden.
1: I found the July 25th phone call unusual because, in contrast to other presidential calls I had observed... It involved discussion of what appeared to be a domestic political matter.
2: National Security Council Ukrainian expert Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman also was alarmed by what he heard on the call. The connection to investigating into a political opponent uh, was inappropriate and improper. Vindman testified he was shocked by what the president said, that it was his worst fear realized, so he reported it immediately because he felt it was his duty. Republicans tried to undermine Vindman, a decorated career army officer, but both he and Williams said the president never raised rooting out corruption with Zelensky and did seem to him on that call. Republicans scoffing at those conclusions with Fresno Congressman Devin Nunes dismissing the entire case as a colossal waste of time. Democrats can continue to put to poison the American people with this nonsense. We sat here all morning without any evidence. Well, now the committee is set to hear from Tim Morrison, who was Vinman's boss at the National Security Council, and former envoy to Ukraine, Kurt Volker. They both defended in their depositions uh, the president's actions, so the tables could turn a bit this afternoon with Democrats on the attack and Republicans using the witnesses to bolster their case. Doug Sovereign, KCBS.
1: We are counting down to another potential PG&E power shutdown. Just today, Pacific Gas and Electric added more counties to the list of those facing a blackout. Out. And with that and other developments, we now go to KCBS's Jim Taylor at the Power Desk. Jim?
0: Yep, Margie, uh, those other developments, we understand that Contra Costa County may not be going powerless. As soon as we thought, that number has been moved up to 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon for many parts of Contra Costa County. Again, though, PG&E says they have not actually called for a power shutdown yet. Santa Clara, San Mateo, Santa Cruz counties added to the list of areas where some customers may lose power this week to reduce wildfire risk. PG&E may turn off power for approximately 303,000 customers. Now, the utility does always post those numbers as customers. You can triple that number to more than 900,000 people affected in 25 Northern California counties. If the power goes off, when can we expect it to come back? Here's PG&E's Tamara Sarkeesian. PG&E will safely restore power in stages as quickly as possible. The goal would be to restore most customers by the end of day Thursday, based on the current weather condition. Blustery. Conditions are expected to develop early tomorrow morning, continuing into Thursday morning. Sustained winds of up to 25 miles per hour. Isolated gusts 60 miles per hour above 1,000 feet. And after well below average rainfall this season, there is concern the winds can damage equipment, spark wildfires that uh, spread quickly. We will take a close look at the ever-changing forecast that's driving these power shutdowns. Jim Taylor, KCBS.